0: of that chaotic environment that no one would ever think that it might be able to bloom in. And it pushes forth into this beautiful flower and it comes up as though it's never been even tarnished by any of the mud and dirt that it was surrounded in. And then it actually, when it blooms up, it actually turns towards the sun, the sun. Just like we turn toward the son of God, that flower knows to bloom and turn toward the sun. And then in the evening, it actually goes back down up under that chaotic environment. And then the process starts all over again each and every day. Now, look at that flower. We wonder, well, why is that flower able to do that? And I want to liken that flower to being able to do that because When I think about the lives of those that have been our guests on the Lotus Flower Podcast, many of them, their lives are similar to the environments that that flower blossoms in. Many of them have started out their lives fine. There was no chaos. Nothing was going on. It was normal. It was a very adventurous life, very peaceful and calm and they were able to bloom and blossom. But then there came a time in life where maybe a rift happened, a crisis happened, something happened in their life that caused them to have to really wonder, where am I rooted at? Where is my life rooted? Is it rooted in the Holy Spirit? Is it rooted in Jesus Christ or is it rooted in a whole nother environment. Those of our guests found that their lives were rooted in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit was on the inside of them. So when they found themselves in that chaotic environment, they were able to bloom and blossom and push beyond whatever chaos they found themselves in. Why? because they were rooted and grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ. Their anchor was the Lord. And that is why we have featured so many people on this podcast that have been through different situations in their lives, but they found out that God's word is true, that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and that are called according to his purpose. And that is nothing too hard for God. And that greater is he that's within us than anything in the world. So they were able to bloom and blossom. And when they bloomed and blossomed, they began to give off a fragrance. And that fragrance was a fragrance that when anyone came in contact with them, they were impacted by their very life. They were impacted and their lives were changed just because of meeting many of our podcast guests because they were carrying what? The Holy Spirit and they were ambassadors for Christ. And that's what we want you to take away from this particular episode tonight. We have a very special guest with us tonight that I consider to be one of those beautiful lotus flowers, none other than the Honorable Judge Tabitha Marsh. Judge Tabitha Marsh received an associate degree from Kellogg Community College in Battle Creek, Michigan, where she graduated summa cum laude She then continued her undergraduate studies at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where she received a bachelor's of business degree. She graduated cum laude as well and was chosen the black celebratory commencement student speaker for her class. She obtained a Juris Doctorate degree in 2004 from Michigan State University College of Law. While at the College of Law, she was on the Dean's List, received various law-related scholarships, and served on multiple boards and executive boards, including the Moot Court Board. She was also the Class of 2004 commencement speaker In November of 2020, Judge Marsh was elected as the 67th District Court Judge representing the City of Flint. She is the only female currently serving on the City of Flint District Court bench and the only African-American female serving in the Genesis County District Court bench. Judge Marsh is a licensed minister and a member of the Embassy Covenant Church International, where she is pastored by Bishop Hugh Smith and Lady Letha Smith. At Embassy Covenant Church, Judge March has served in various positions and is currently a member of the church's Presbytery Board, Prophetic Department, and Ministerial Team. Her current and past memberships include the State Bar of Michigan, the Association of Black Judges of Michigan, the Genesis County Board Association, the Mallory Vendine Scott Bar Association Executive Board, the Embassy Covenant Church International Presbytery Board and Ministerial Team, the Flint Children's Museum Executive Board, the Flint Institute of Art Gala Committee the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, the Lynx Incorporated, the Flint Women's Forum Executive Board, the Flint Michigan branch of the NAACP, serves as a big sister with big brothers and big sisters of Flint and Genesee County, serves on the advisory board of the Scholars, Equity and Self-Image Institute, Her family background includes being born in Flint, Michigan, where Tabitha spent the majority of her life. Judge Marsh graduated from high school in Battle Creek, Michigan, where she was recognized as the class valedictorian. Judge Marsh and her husband have a blended family of six children. Judge Marsh's oldest son, whom she had as a teen mom, is a graduate of Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. Her father, grandmother, grandfather, all were members of the UAW Local 659, 651, and 659 of Flint, Michigan. Respectively, all worked the line. Her grandmother, was a nurse, and her mother was a certified nursing assistant at Hurley Hospital in Flint, Michigan. Many family members served in the military, including her father, and some family members were teachers or administrators in the Flint public school system. What a biography. What a message that the lord can take your life and make it into a message for the kingdom of god judge marsh welcome to the lotus flower podcast i'd ask that you would greet our guest at this time well, thank you so much for
1: this opportunity. I bring greetings to you, as well as your husband, Reverend uh, Robinson, uh, Sr. And to the listening audience, whether you're joining by, uh, by uh, YouTube or through the podcast, the audio version of the podcast, I bring greetings to you from the city of Flint, Michigan. Uh, County of Genesee, Michigan, and obviously the state of Michigan. And it's my pleasure and my honor to sh- uh, to share with you on this evening.
0: And thank you for having me, Dr. Pamela. You're very welcome. And thank you for joining us. So why don't we start with, with your rich life back when you were, um, let's start when you were a kid coming up in Flint, Michigan being raised there. Were you reared in Flint, Michigan and then moved to Battle Creek? If I want to get it right. It's a combination
1: of both. We kind of moved. Um, I was born in Flint and then I spent um, some of my early childhood years here in Flint. And then we moved to Battle Creek for some years and then we came back to Flint and then we moved back to Battle Creek again. And then following law school, I uh, returned back to Flint, Michigan. So I, um, I claim both of them as my home, uh, Flint and Battle Creek, because they both have shaped me and crafted me into the person that I am today.
0: Yes. And um, before we go further into, into that experience as a child going from Battle Creek to Flint, I want the listening audience to know that Judge Marsh and I go back way back. We both attended a church of a wonderful church in Battle Creek, Michigan. At that time, it was called Emmanuel Covenant Church International, under the direction of Bishop Hugh Smith, um, Senior. And we were just um, sisters in the Lord. She's much younger than I am, but we were both sisters in the Lord at that time. At that church and my lord it was a powerful experience and so many of us that have moved on to other places um, in our lives still have some of the remnant of that experience from that particular church and it was a wonderful family so i met judge marsh at that time before she was judge marsh and uh, and even at that time judge marsh i could discern that there was greatness on on your life when you was like your young lady i think you were in high school when i met you it's been over 30 years ago and i could discern <laughs> at that time and i thank god that we have not stayed connected but we connected over the facebook and over the social media platforms which makes that so possible so i've been watching this young lady's life She may not have known that, but I think I told her when we reconnected. And I'm so glad that I've watched your life and I've seen you bloom and blossom. Just wanted my listening audience to know that. And I'm just so proud of of you and what God has done through you and he's doing through you. Thank you so much for allowing me to celebrate your gift tonight.
1: And the feeling is mutual, Dr. Pamela. Um, From the time that I was a young girl and I knew you and I remember you, um being a single mother of three young children to see where you are today and what god has done in your life uh causes me to celebrate as well you just never know where where a person's journey is going to take them but one of the things that we have to always keep in mind is that our lives are in god's hands and he's always working on something he's always orchestrating something so despise not the day of small beginnings you know you never Uh, You start off in in high school or in college and uh, as a young person and as long as you hold your, keep your hand in God's hand, he's going to lead you somewhere. He's going to guide you somewhere and I've watched that in your life as well and I too am grateful.
0: Thank you. Thank you to God belongs all of the glory Mm -hmm. and all. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to when you were a child coming up through Battle Creek and into Flint. Tell me a little bit about that experience when you were young and all. Did you realize at that time that God was calling you into to to be something, um, somewhat of a leader, I'd say, and all?
1: I I, I didn't know exactly what God had in plan and what he had in store, but um, I believe that it was something great. Um, He had given me a certain uh, mind, a, a disciplined mind, a mind to Uh, set my uh, heart on something and go after it, no matter what challenges I had to endure and what sacrifices I had to make to get there, God had given me the ability to be steadfast and unmovable in my pursuits. And I'm grateful for that because there there were many things that could have taken me off track, um, that could have derailed my destiny, but God wouldn't let it be so. So I'm grateful for having the type of mind that uh was disciplined and that would not allow uh me to be uh to stray away from what god had put in my heart and what god had, had uh given me as as dreams and visions as as a child i got um saved at the the tender age of 11 years old the lord i, I got baptized and filled with the holy ghost and um my family wasn't attending church i Went to, uh, you made reference to uh, the church, Emmanuel. It's now Emmanuel Covenant Church in Battle Creek, Michigan. But um, back in the day, it was Emmanuel Temple under the uh, pastorship of, of um, now Bishop Hugh Smith. And, and I bring, um, I honor him and his wife because they have been extremely instrumental in my life in shaping me and teaching me and mentoring me. Um, but in any event, I was going to church because a friend of mine, her family went to the church and they invited me. So again, I'm 11 years old, just going to church and um, something happened, <laughs> something happened. God captured my heart. Uh, my family had a Christian background but uh, my parents weren't really in the church. So I went to church on my own, you know, with my, I started off going with his family and then I loved it so much that I started going by myself and I'm still, 32 years later, still connected to my pastor, my first lady, because um, I love Amen. them that much. And the teachings are so rich. The church that I attend now is um, Embassy Covenant Church International It's in Walled Lake, Michigan. And um, I'm still a member there under the same pastor that I had when I was 11 years old. Um, even through my matriculation, through school and things, we always stay connected. And I remained a member of that um, that church. And as I indicated, it helped to uh, craft me into the person that I am today. So um, I started off going to church on my own. And in the midst of it all, God was just depositing things into me. He was teaching me certain things. He was uh, training me up. And so, again, I'm grateful.
0: Amen. And when you say that you um, had a disciplined mind and the Lord had his hands on you, and you were 11 years old, and your your parents weren't going to church. As an 11 year old, if if your parents weren't going to church, then how how did you find yourself able to remain steadfast and and focus? And and as a kid, you know, because kids can be so rambunctious and just want to just discover this and discover that and all of that. But but if you didn't have you know your mom or dad, if they truly weren't into it at that time, then how were you able to as an 11 year old keep yourself you know in the path of of righteousness with the lord at a tender age
1: i fell in love with jesus and i began to believe the things that he said about me i began to believe that i am fearfully and wonderfully made i began to think uh to believe that i can do all things through christ that strengthens me I began to believe that I'm the apple of his high eye, and I'm carved in the palm of his hand. So I was receiving biblical teaching, very, very good biblical teaching, and oh, having a, a good pastor and first lady and um, a, a great church family oh, um, is nice. a wonderful thing because you never know how your sacrifices are gonna shape and impact somebody else's life when you're going to church and you're serving in the church. So I'm grateful for all of those people that taught me Sunday school, that supported me and encouraged me along the way. Um, I'm grateful for those people because it, it was encouraging to know that I had a village even sometimes it wasn't when it came to Christian uh, Christendom. Sometimes the village was not my natural family. It was my spiritual family, people that I got connected to. Now my I have um, my natural family, my grandmothers and things like that were also very instrumental in teaching me uh, about the kingdom. But my church family was uh, equally uh, instrumental in teaching me about God and the things Mm -hmm. of God and helping to Uh, put a good foundation in me. So no Mm -hmm. matter what I went through, as Mm -hmm. I matriculated through life, I had a good foundation. So Mm -hmm. I would encourage all the parents to give your children a good spiritual foundation in Christ. He's the rock. He's the chief cornerstone. And as long as you instill that in your children, they're always going to have that. You train up a child in the way that they should go. So when they get old, they don't depart from it. Mm -hmm. And in my instance, that training is what kept me rooted and grounded. I'm not going to say that I didn't make mistakes and that I lived my life perfect and I never Mm -hmm. made bad decisions and I never committed sins. I'm not going to say that. But I always came back to God because Mm -hmm. it was rooted in me and he had captured my heart at a young age.
0: Amen. 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 And I, I concur about that being... A very rich environment in which you were in as a child at Emmanuel Temple. And being that that being the one of the primary reasons being connected to a a man of God like you had, like we had, and the pastor's wife, like we had, and a true church family like we had, it really made a difference. It really did. And it's something that sticks with you throughout your entire Uh, life because it goes into, it's into your spirit, man. It transcends that outward superficial layer and it actually goes down into your spirit and it keeps you going and all. So I am grateful to have walked through some of that with you as as well. So, and I concur with you when we talk to our listening audience, it's imperative that you really give your children that opportunity and yourself you some of you parents may not be in church yourselves but it's imperative that you know start somewhere go out to a local um church where they're uh god fearing the holy ghost filled and teaching out of god's word and start don't be intimidated go with your child to church and learn all you can find a good pastor if there's someone out there for you it's important it is and also, when we talk about right along those lines, when you um were in school and you said you had a focused mind, what co- what do you think caused your mind to, to remain focused as a child and then a preteen and a teenager and a young adult? You know, there's so many things that the world has going on that can draw our attention in other ways, even when we are you know, firm Christians, the enemy tries to come in and, and tempt us with all types of things. And I'm asking this for those people that are listening and they find themselves getting pulled in other directions. They're not able to remain focused. So Judge Marsh, what was it for you that kept you uh, focused and being able to keep going in spite of some of the other things that might've been going around on around you uh,
1: for me, it was um, knowing what I wanted out of life, mm-hmm. knowing what quality of life I wanted for myself and uh, for my child. Because um, remember, um, in my bio- biography, you mentioned that um, I was a teenage mother. Mm-hmm. So at 17 years old, I gave uh, birth to a son in my senior year of high school, the last semester. And so as I matriculated through, Well, as I finished high school, matriculated through community college, matriculated through uh, the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, and matriculated through law school, Mm -hmm. um, I was a single parent and I started off as a teenage parent. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was driven by knowing what kind of life I wanted to live. And when I'm on the bench, I often tell people who are making poor choices with their lives, you have to make a decision as to what quality of life you want to live if you want to live life as an alcoholic as someone addicted to drugs as a thief that is your prerogative but it's going to cause you to live a certain kind of life You're going to be looking over your shoulder. You're going to constantly be in trouble with law enforcement. You're going to constantly be having to report to someone else. You're going to constantly have someone else telling you what to do and when to do it. You're going to constantly have contact with the the court system and have this judge um, making determinations and decisions about your life. And so you can choose that quality of life, or you can make a decision that you want a better quality of life where you are in control of your life, where someone else is not telling you what you can and cannot do. So Mm -hmm. as as a a young child, I made a decision that Mm -hmm. I wanted a certain quality of life for myself and for my, uh, my newborn child. And so that is what motivated me knowing, okay, this is the kind of life that I wanna live. This is the type of person that I want to be, this is the type of mother that I want to be. This is the type of community member that I want to be. This is the type of uh, family member that I want to be. This is the mm-hmm. type of church member that I want to be. So i made a decision that this is the quality of life that I want to have. So therefore, in order to reach that quality of life, I need to make some decisions now that are going to impact my life in the future. I need to make some decisions now that are going to push me in that direction. And it's not going to be without sacrifice. Man. It's not going to be without sacrifice. But if you're going to engineer a certain type of reality for your future, you've mm-hmm. got to be willing to make sacrifices now.
0: That's right. It's
1: called delayed gratification. My right. pastor preached a, a message this past uh, Sunday where he talked about buying the future. What yes. kind of sacrifices are you going to make today that is going to cause your future to be bright, that's going to cause your future to be great, that's mm-hmm. going to make your dreams and your visions come true? Right. So uh, that's what it was really about is even mm-hmm. as a young um, person, I was determined that I wanted a certain quality of life.
0: And, amen. And I like I, the idea where you said about the late gratification that you knew that you needed to set some things aside not go after certain things and get it instantly like a microwave generation like i gotta have it right now and i can't wait get it right now and when you do that you're mortgaging away your future and all but when you could delay gratification you could wait and all because you know that god what god has for you is going to manifest but if you get it prematurely then it's just, it's just going to fizz away anyway and it's going to really become something of like a burden to you, you know, even if, if it was something God had for you, but if you get it too soon, then it's not going to manifest and all. So it sounds to me like you were a very wise young, young person, even as a kid that you were wise. Would you say that? I uh, don't
1: I, make- I, I don't know. Like I said, i made some, some poor choices as well. Um, I didn't do everything right, but Um, I I stayed the course, Um, whenever I fell down, I got back up. And that's what I I wanna say that to the people in the listening audience. If you fall down, give back up and try it again. Um, What you're trying to accomplish may not come to pass the first time that you try. You may trip, you may fall, you may make some poor decisions, you may make some mistakes, but things don't have to end there. There's Amen. always a tomorrow. There's always another opportunity. Give yourself uh, another chance to get Amen. it right. And Amen. if if that if you fail the second time, give yourself another chance to get Amen. it right. Don't give up on yourself so easily that just because you made a mistake or you didn't succeed the first time, that means it's over. It's not over. It's mm-hmm. not over. Um, you give yourself the opportunity to get up and keep moving forward every step forward will cause you some progress it Amen. may be a small step but just keep moving forward so um I learned from a lot of the the errors um, I learned learned from a lot of the mistakes that I made mm-hmm. and um if you call that wise then <laughs> so be it yes. but um, i was i was determined to to reach my my goal and my destination and by the grace of God Um, at least thus far in my life, um, I've been successful in that endeavor.
0: Now, in your bio, it says that you are the only female that currently is serving in the City of Flint District Court bench and the only African-American female that um, is serving in the Genesee County District Court as well. Can you tell us a little bit about about that and how does it feel just to be the only woman and only Black female? Well, I'm
1: grateful for um, the opportunity and just a little bit of information about um, how I got to where I am. Um, I was elected in November of 2020, but that wasn't the first election that I had launched and ran. Um, okay. In 2018, I ran for judge as well. I ran okay. for a circuit court judge seat. I got 40 uh, percent of the vote, um, but I did. I was not successful in mm-hmm. 2018, um, but. As I just alluded to, I I got back up. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. I learned from my first election and decided to do it again in 2020 when I ran for a district court seat that became open. And I believe that representation matters. Um, yes. That was a part of my, my campaign theme when mm-hmm. I ran in 2020 because I thought that, um, you know, we, we deserve to have some type of um, African-American female representation on our district court bench. And mm-hmm. um, at the city of Flint, we have four judges, three of them are African-American males, and mm-hmm. then there's me. And for the whole county, we have 10 judges. And um, I'm the only African-American female. And so when I ran, I was determined to change uh, what what was going on um, with our district court bench and to provide some representation and perspective for the African-American female. So um, that is, is what, fortunately, I was able to accomplish. But I'm not happy about the fact that I'm the only one, I that see. I'm the only African-American female, because I think that um, we are, are qualified, we're smart, we're intelligent, we're bright, we're hardworking, um, mm-hmm. we, we can do the job just as anyone else could do. So mm-hmm. I would love to see more um, African-American female representation or more minority representation or more female representation um on the bench um nationwide Mm -hmm. because uh like I said representation matters and I'm not satisfied with just being the only one it it is um uh, an accomplishment Mm -hmm. but it's 2022 so why do we only have one Mm -hmm. why why are we just now um seeing the appointment of uh African-American female on the Supreme Court bench Mm in 233 years right you know that that I'm grateful that it has yes. happened but it has yes. taken way too long it's mm-hmm. taken way too long so i do what i can to try to inspire other people to uh, make big moves to try to uh pursue their dreams and their visions this friday i'll be um participating in a local uh, college and high school career fair because i want to inspire other people to mm-hmm. pursue their dreams. And I, I do a lot, you know, in terms of trying to volunteer and inspire someone else to go mm-hmm. after what it is that they, they want in life. So, um, right now, I'm the only one, but hopefully I won't remain the only one.
0: Amen. Amen. And I've, I've seen on your Facebook page that you have been instrumental in the Flint water crisis situation as well with helping you with that. And volunteering getting out in the community and being touchable i've also seen on your page where you are at, at bowling events with little kids and bowling with them and encouraging them and whatnot I've, I've seen you just be so touchable and just so down to earth with people even even t- to be the woman that you are the ex- esteemed honorable uh, judge you have just remained so humble and touchable with, with people and that, and that for that I am grateful, you know,
1: that and you wanted to
0: give of yourself, Judge Marsh.
1: Absolutely. I feel as though I have to pay it forward. I mm-hmm. owe it to uh, my community, to my family, um, to, to be involved, to be reachable, to be touchable. Um, mm-hmm. Because oftentimes there is a, a gap between the bench and the community. And I think that perhaps that's one of the reasons why I was elected is because the community felt that I was down to earth, that Mm -hmm. I was um, reachable, that I was touchable. That yeah. I was just like them, because yes. guess what, I am just like them. You know, okay. so if I say that I represent <laughs> them, it has to be some part of them that's in me, and some Amen. part of me that's in them. We're all cut from the same cloth, you know. I just happen to be the one that's out front, um, you yeah. know, doing the representing. But at the end of the day, I am my community. You know, that's what helped to shape me and and who I am, and a lot of the experiences I've had in my life. Uh, are similar to the experiences of the people that I preside over their cases. Yes. Um, I, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Amen. We were, we struggled growing up financially. I, I mm-hmm. my parents aren't rich.
0: <laughs> my
1: grandparents weren't rich. Uh, they worked hard. They taught yes. me hard work, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I was responsible for my own college tuition. Nobody paid for my college. Nobody Amen. financed my campaign in terms of you know you got your daddy writing a big check to right. help you you run for judge. None of that. So right. the things that I've accomplished um, came from a, a struggle, mm. a grit. Yes came from, okay, I'm going to work hard and make this thing happen. Because if I don't, it's it's just not going to happen. You know, um, I didn't come from a background with any politicians or any lawyers or any doctors. You know, I was one of the first people in my family to get a bachelor's degree, and then to go on to law school and get a Juris Doctorate degree, and then to to be a lawyer, and then to uh, seek public office. Mm -hmm. It's not in in my family history at Mm -hmm. all. So um, it's just the grace of God that uh, orchestrated my life in this fashion. And I said, yes, I yielded to it. God, if you want to send somebody, send me. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to Mm -hmm. serve your people. I'm willing to represent your people. And God help me to do everything that I can to do it well, because if I'm going to represent them and if I'm going to represent God, I, I need to do it well. I need Mm -hmm. to have character. I need to have integrity. As you've indicated, I need to be humble because um, I'm just grateful that the people saw something in me Mm -hmm. that said, I want her to represent me on the bench, that God saw something in me that said, Mm -hmm. I want her to be a representative and an ambassador for my kingdom. So I have to be humble because, but for the grace of God, I would be the next single parent that uh, was not able to overcome their challenges. But for the grace of God, I would be the next criminal that doesn't know any other way of life because their, their grandparents and their parents and their aunts and their uncles and cousins were, you know, committed crimes. So you think that that's the only way to go. And so, but for the grace of God, that would be me. So I have no choice but to be humble.
0: Amen. Amen. That's beautifully, beautifully said. Thank you. I feel that passion coming from you. Thank you for sharing that. Now, I know when you and I spoke a few weeks back, she told me of how the Lord had spoke through your pastor about how, and and another um, prophet at the church, that how the Lord was going to put you into the position of a judge. Can you share with us about that, that conversation that we had? I think it was just a, a beautiful way that God actually um, brought forth his promise. In your life and it manifested
1: <laughs> it is so great uh, um so it, it's a beautiful story it really is um it's it's a uh, a testimony if, if i um I, I couldn't have orchestrated it better myself you know god knew what he was doing when he uh put all of this together and i don't take any credit again i was just the willing vessel and I happened to to be uh, selected by God for this purpose, for this as part of my destiny. Um, but it, to me, it's a wonderful testimony. Um, the my my pastor and uh, one of the prophets, prophet uh, Prophet Mary Lou Cole from Embassy Covenant Church International, as well as Bishop Smith, we had what's, what what was then called a destiny counseling session, and that's where um, you kind of come into somewhat of a counseling session and you, uh, the people who are, are, are presiding over the session pray with you right there in the room, they pray and they seek God uh, for his heavenly script for your life. What God, what are you saying about this person? God, what are you saying about Tabitha Marsh? What is it that you're saying? And so they jot down some notes and then they have um, a session with you and they tell you what God has said. Um, and so for me, Um, I participated in this session back in 2009, December, 2009. So that's about 13 years ago. Um,
0: yeah,
1: 13 years ago. And, um, it was, uh, determined in the destiny counseling session. And I was an attorney at that time. It was determined in the destiny counseling session that I would, uh, wear a garment, a garment Mm -hmm. that was much larger than me. Um, it was mm-hmm. determined that I would speak and that I would be a governmental prophetess that um, uh, kind of like Samuel, my words were law, like Samuel in the Bible, that my law, my words would create law and that I oh, would yeah. speak to city issues, governmental issues, um, national issues, and that the words that I would say would um, be law and mm-hmm. um, so after hearing that, and there were other, many other things that were said in the Destiny Council sessions as well. But it was that this garment that I would wear was much larger than me, and that it had been waiting on me. And when I came into the vicinity of the garment, the garment fell on me, and um, that the garment would be filled full of, of uh, glory and grace. Amen. That God was going to make it happen. He was giving me the favor and the grace. And the glory was that it was going to take me places, that it was going to open doors for me, that um, you know, there were many things that were going to happen because of this garment that I wore. And so um, it really resonated with me because I had a desire to be judge, but I never knew how in the world it was going to happen. You know, Because there's two ways to be judge, a, a state judge. You either get appointed by the governor or you run an election. And I wasn't connected politically to get mm-hmm. an appointment. I mm-hmm. didn't have the finances or the resources or the political clout to get elected. So mm-hmm. I just never knew how this would come to be. But mm-hmm. what was what's interesting about this, mind you, this is 2009. Mm-hmm. I told you all that I had a baby when I was 17 years old. Yes. And I named that baby at the age of 17. So this would have mm-hmm. been back in 1996. I named him Ezekiel, which mm-hmm. meant the Lord is my strength. And his middle name is Daniel, which means the Lord is my judge or judgment. So this was back when I was 17 years old. And Mm -hmm. then, um, in 2010, well, I got married, um, in 2006. So then in 2010, my husband and I had a baby together and we named him justice. Yes. So Mm -hmm. here I am with two biological children. One Mm -hmm. of them whose name middle name means judge. And the other yes. child is named Justice. Nice. So again, this is something that only God yes. <laughs> can <Yes>. orchestrate. <laughs> so then um, in 2018, I, I jumped out there and ran. My first election wasn't successful. 2020, I ran an election and was successful. Mm-hmm. So the prophetic word over my life, which also resonated with uh, what was in my heart that yes. God had given me, was that I would be a judge. So it had to be, it Mm -hmm. had to come to pass. It was Mm -hmm. a promise that God had uh, spoke over my life through Mm -hmm. these willing vessels, through these Mm -hmm. prophetic and apostolic gifts. Um, Mm -hmm. They spoke over my life. And Mm -hmm. then in 2020, it was manifested in the earth. It was a promise fulfilled. So Mm -hmm. that is my journey from a, a prophetic standpoint, from Um, a kingdom standpoint in terms of how I got to where I am today. So it was something that had to happen. It was something that God spoke and Mm. his word is true. It shall come to pass. And if there's someone out there listening today, I want to encourage you to go back and pick up those prophetic words, those dreams and those visions that God has put in your life, get up and try it again. Don't give up on the vision. Don't give up on the dream. Don't give up on the promise. God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he's going to bring it to pass. If he said it, it's coming to pass. This is sure, as his name is on that prophetic word, it shall come to pass, because God will not allow his word to return void. So um, I'm a living witness. I'm a testimony. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what you were expecting when you thought you were hearing from Judge Marsh today. But I'm here because God said that it was a part of my destiny that I be here. Um, That is why I I occupy the seat that I occupy. That is why I'm in the career that I am uh, participating in. It's because God ordained it to be so.
0: Amen. Amen. Now that in itself is a beautiful testimony of God's goodness and his ability to bring things to pass. And it may not happen as soon as it's prophesied. You said it was years to come down the line and that you didn't even know how it was gonna even manifest, but you believe, you believed even outside of being able to see it. you Your faith was strong enough to say, okay, Lord, if you said it, I believe it. Don't know when it's gonna happen, but I believe it that it's going to come to pass. And look how God gave you the names of both of your sons that went right along with, and you didn't even know when you were naming them that this was going to be prophesied. But see how God just set it up. He set it up, and you walk right into your destiny. And 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 even when you ran the first time and you weren't successful, you did not give up at that point. You ran again, and and all without even any political clout or any of the other uh, things that they you know typically have those that run and all. But God was the one that you he was the platform that you ran on. And I <laughs> thank right. God for for that. And thank you for sharing that because I know that there's someone out there that's wondering, well, how am I going to do this? And it's not you, it's God. That's so right. thank you for sharing for sharing that. Now if you had to give some advice to your younger self when you sit now where you sit as Judge Marsh and you look back when you were a young girl and all Um, walk with me for a moment. If you had to give advice to your younger self, what advice might you give to her? I'd say that the person that was maybe around 11 years old when she first, before she went into um, getting saved and was filled with the Holy Spirit and all.
1: I would say to her, um, don't give up on God because he (laughs) won't give up on you that um god is with you whether you realize it or not he is Mm -hmm. there he promised that he would never leave you nor forsake you now that doesn't mean that you won't have hard times. that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you won't have obstacles in your way that doesn't mean that you won't have setbacks and struggles Mm -hmm. but if you keep pushing forward you shall overcome every obstacle in your life you can do all things through christ with him all things are possible with man it may seem impossible but with him all things are possible so that big big dream that you have that you have no idea as to how in the world it will come to pass if god put it in your heart hold on to it don't let it go don't let any experience or any person take that dream or that vision from you because if god put it there he's going to give you the grace and the endurance and the ability to walk it out i would also say um don't give up up. no matter what (laughs) challenges you face in life we all have challenges no one is without a struggle no one is without uh challenges and hurdles in their life but don't give up, as I've indicated before, if you fall down, get up and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, that, is, that is what I would say to, to my young self or any young person. I would also um, say to be mindful of the decisions that you make. Amen. Be mindful of the decisions that you make because it is going to shape the future for
0: you amen amen thank you for that i'm going to ask you a few questions um what do you wish that everybody understood about your uh, role as a judge because sometimes when we think about a judge we think well they're up there they're just making you know decisions for us and they're taking things away and all of that so what do you wish everyone understood about your role as a judge I would
1: say uh, number one, that we're human too. Okay. That We're not perfect. Um, mm-hmm. That and one of the things that I, I um, often said as a lawyer that I would also uh, say as a judge is that I may not know all of the answers, but I know how to research and find the answers. Amen. So um, mm-hmm. it's not as though we know everything and I can only speak for myself. So it's not as though we we know everything or that we're superhuman, but mm-hmm. we need to know how to find the answer um, because there's so many different things that come before you, so many different intricacies of the law or of a person's situation or of the facts. And so, if I don't know the answer right away, I know how to find the answer. You have to be resourceful, and that's with anything in life. You have to be mm-hmm. resourceful. You have to have a, a broad uh, thinking mine and be able to say, uh, Okay, I may not know the answer in this moment, but I know how to find it and I'm going to get creative, and I'm going to get resourceful and um, search out the answer so that I can make the correct decision and the correct ruling um, on a person's uh, case or in their circumstances. Um, that that's probably what what I would say about that.
0: Thank you. Um, what? What's one of the tools that you always carry in your toolbox no matter what you're working on?
1: I would say um, self-confidence. Be confident in yourself. Be um, aware of who you are. Know who you are. So you're not dependent on someone else to tell you who you are. You need to know within yourself who you are. Um, Mm -hmm. This is me. This is what I'm willing to do. And this is what I'm not willing to do. Um, this, These are my limits. These are my limitations. Um, this is what's important. And this is not, this is what is not important. So um, ha- being confident comes for me. I don't know how it happens for other people, but it comes for me by knowing what God said about me and how he felt about me. And that Mm -hmm. is what gave me the confidence that I have today in everything that I do, whether it's parenting or being a judge or being a community member or a a family member. It's Mm -hmm. knowing who God says that I am and believing it. Mm -hmm. Having my my identity rooted in him um, has helped me to be confident and to go after my dreams to make radical decisions sometimes. Decisions that that are risky, decisions Mm -hmm. that other people may not be willing to make. But knowing um, who I am has helped me to kind of jump out there and say, if God said it, I'm going out on faith. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what anybody else says. It's kind of like Mm -hmm. Peter when he jumped out of the boat and Jesus appeared on the water in the midst of the sea. Peter had to have the mind that, yeah walking on water is probably kind of risky and it's probably not something that people would normally do but if jesus called me out there i'm getting out this boat i'm gonna keep my eyes on him and i'm gonna walk on this water it's radical faith it's believing in what he said standing on his word and the moment we take our eyes off of him we begin to sink but if we keep our eyes on him we can do miraculous things such as walking on water
0: amen like, amen, like you have done thus far with your life. I'd like to say thank you so much, and um, thank you for allowing me once again to celebrate your gift. I know that oftentimes, you know, we're, we're you know, we're we definitely don't you know, put ourselves out there and all, but I thank God that the Bible says to give honor where honor is due, and I am thankful that I'm able to give honor where honor is due this evening and to many of our Lotus Flower Podcast guests as well. So thank you. Um, if you were going to write a book, what would what might it be about?
1: It'd probably be about the story of my life. And I really need to write this book. <laughs> I've been told okay. many a time that I need to write a book. I need to write a book. I just haven't taken okay. the time to do it yet. But okay. because I said that, you know, the story, like I said, the story of my life um, has unfolded in a way that it was rather mir- miraculous that I knew that it was only God and we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So Amen. that's why I do such uh participate in events such as this and I go Mm -hmm. out and I try to tell my story to as many people as I possibly can because Mm -hmm. I hope to bring hope to someone else I hope Mm -hmm. to help someone understand that any obstacle in life can be overcome I hope Mm -hmm. to um, encourage somebody else to hold on to the promises of God to hold on to Jesus don't let them go um, Mm -hmm. because that has what. That has been what's caused me to be uh, successful in life and to um, be on the journey that I am on. So um, I, I I would tell my testimony uh, because I believe that it will help somebody else to overcome.
0: And I, and I hear you saying that the book is definitely something that needs to be birthed amen yeah
1: yeah we'll
0: be seeing that book coming we'll see that book coming i don't know when but it's coming out amen Amen. i'll
1: receive it i I comply i'll comply amen
0: so so what has been the most interesting case that you've worked on thus far
1: um oh goodness it's been so many um the most fulfilling thing I, i may not be directly answering your question but the most fulfilling thing It's being able to inspire hope in somebody else and Mm -hmm. being able to encourage someone that just because you've made this mistake and you've fallen down um, doesn't mean that things are over for you. You can turn things around. As long as you have breath in your body, you can change the trajectory of your path. Um, I wouldn't say I, I can't really think about any particular case. But I enjoy helping people to navigate um, difficult circumstances. When people come to court, most of the time they're at their worst, or they don't want to be there, or they're they're not at their best. But um, I take joy in p- treating people with dignity and respect because I think that all people deserve that, no matter what you have done. Because, like I said, um, if if the things were a little bit different. It could have been any one of us in a bad situation that made a bad decision that changed the trajectory of our lives forever. So I uh, appreciate the opportunity to be able to instill hope and uh, treat people with the the, the dignity that they
0: deserve. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if someone wanted to go into the same profession that you're in, What advice would you give to uh, this person, especially a young person? As I've indicated
1: previously, to be mindful of how the decisions that you make today will impact your tomorrow. Um, Oftentimes people get impulsive and they get stuck in the moment and they lash out in anger or they make a really bad decision. Um, Before you make that decision, think about what trajectory that's going to send your life in? think about the consequences of your actions and that teach my kids that all the time if -hmm. you do this what kind of results what are the possibilities they're going to bring about don't make a decision in a split second that's why uh, i believe when jesus jesus said in the bible um if someone smites you turn the other cheek it's Mm -hmm. not because you're being weak or because you are um you know soft It's because Mm -hmm. you need to take a moment to step back and decide how you're going to respond to this situation. There's going to be a response, but you need to take a moment to think about what response am I going to give to this situation? Anyone (laughs) can lash out and hit someone, lash out and shoot someone, stab someone, hurt someone. What's Mm -hmm. the right thing to do in this situation? So I would implore people to think about decisions before they act. Think about Amen. what consequences this, this is going to bring about.
0: Amen. Amen. That's excellent. Excellent. Um, Judge Marsh, what is your mentorship style when you're mentoring uh, someone?
1: I think just spending time with people and helping them to um, be able to have someone to bounce things off with, um, To to be able to have somebody to talk to. Um, I have uh, people that I've I mentored over the years and then am also currently mentoring. And a lot of times people just need a listening ear. They need mm-hmm. a voice of reason. They need a voice of wisdom. So it's taking time with a person and that's mm-hmm. how you get to know that person. That's how you get to learn that person. And that's how you get to learn from that person and you get to um, insight as to how a person thinks. I because see. again, if you don't. Um, if you don't know better, you don't do better. So being right. exposed to better, a better way of thinking, a better way of acting, a better way of making decisions, I think that that helps a person to learn.
0: Yes, now I know myself when I've mentored people, I've uh, made sure that you know I have shown them the air of their ways as well. Not always, um, it's not always gonna be that we're friends and it's gonna be giving you positive uh input but there are times that when in the mentor relationship i've had to give some constructive feedback or say some things that the per- made a rub the person the wrong way but it's in that you know i do it in a loving way but it's in telling them something that maybe wasn't so advantageous for them that they were able to grow so how do you deliver that type of um, information to someone that you're, that you are mentoring that may not be so flowerly and and lofty and lovely all the time. You know, I
1: think it's what you said, I think it's very important. And that's true mentorship. The Bible says he whom he loveth, he also chastises. That's
0: right. If he
1: didn't love us, he wouldn't chastise us, but because he loves us, he chastises us. The Bible also says iron sharpeneth iron. So um, it may not always feel good. It may be a little sticky. It might be a little tight, but it's necessary to help a person to see the error of their ways, to help them to grow, to help them to make better decisions and to ultimately be a better person. So I agree that uh, correction and chastisement is necessary, but we also have to do it with love. You know, we can't be so so mean and so... um, uh, so tough on people that they lose sight of the fact that I'm only doing this because I love you. I'm only saying this because I want you to know the truth. And I want uh, you to to feel love. And I'm doing this because I do love you. And this is part of um, it's necessary for you to move in the right direction. So um, it's just a conversation and explaining to the person I had to do that, you know, this past weekend with someone that I mentor and am in a relationship with, a younger person. And, um, you know, she had made some decisions that weren't so great. But I had to tell her the truth about how she was behaving, and expose her to a better way of dealing with the difficulties that she was experiencing, and to try to open up her eyes and give revelation and give enlightenment. um, So that she would understand that if you keep going on this path, these are the results that are going to come about. Now, again, what kind of life do you want to live? Is that the type of person that you want to be? So um, it wasn't easy. Like I said, it was tough, but um, sometimes tough love is necessary.
0: Now, now at that time, not not that particular person, but this they will talk about someone just as an example, if you have a person that won't listen. And they want to continue to go down that path of destruction. When when you see that occurring, then then how do you respond in that type of relationship that you have with the person you might be mentoring?
1: It's heart wrenching and it's difficult because you want what's best for them, and you want them to to see that you want what's best for them, and you want them to want what's best for them. Um, But it's just like raising kids when your kids make um, mistakes or they make poor decisions. You have to love them anyway, you got to love them through it, love them until they open up their eyes, love them Mm -hmm. until they open up their ears, love them until they get stronger, love them until um, be there for them until they can see things for themselves and kind of understand what's going on from a broader perspective. Um, I think love is the answer and love is the key. We've all been there, you know, Um, and where would we be if God hadn't loved us through our mess? The fact that he was still there um, is what gives us comfort and what gives us peace, knowing that he's there. So I think we still have to be present, even when they're uh, going down the wrong path. uh, We still need to be there for them and so that they know that we're there and that we love them.
0: And when they're going down that path, do we, are we to um, get in, 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 in that uh, situation with them and and try to almost make them stop doing what they're doing, you know, in a forcible way? Or do we love them in such a way that we pull back and allow them to go ahead and, like I'd say, bump their head and learn from the situation? So, so what do you do? at that when when you're on the crossroads like that?
1: I think um, you have to give a person space because in all honesty, we can't make people do anything. Even as a judge, (laughs) I I can tell people, this is what you need to do. And if you don't do it, these are the consequences. But in our reality, I can't make someone do something. I can't make a person that's on my probation not use drugs. I, I can't do that. I'm not there with them when they're making that tough decision about, do I continue to use or do I not use? I can't control that, but um, I can let them know that if you do that, there's going to be consequences. If you mm-hmm. continue down that path, you you know there's going to be consequences for your actions. So, I see. and honestly, we can't force anyone to do anything. We can't make anyone love us. We can't make right. anyone be there for us. Um, we people have to have space to be able to make their own decisions. And Amen. that's one thing that God gave us is a will and the He made us all judges. That's he made right. us all, He gave us all the ability to make decisions for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. um we have to give people that, that space.
0: And when you say space, how, how was how would that space look? Well, it depends mm-hmm. on the circumstances.
1: You know, if we're talking about a, a child who is um, being raised in my home, your space is probably not gonna be as wide wide as okay. the, pace, the space that I have if I'm mentoring a child who's being raised in somebody else's home, you know? Okay. So um, it, 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 de- it depends on the circumstances, um, but the goal is to get a person to a place where they can make the right decision on their own Amen. as opposed to being forced to make the right decision because when Amen. they get liberty and when they get freedom and they're able to make the decisions and they're not in their mom and dad's house anymore mm-hmm. they're going to do what uh, what's according to what their mind and what their heart is telling them to do Amen. so it's just a matter of trying to teach a person how to think mm-hmm. so that when you know teach a person how to fish Amen. um so that they will be able to make those decisions of their own accord
0: Amen. That's right. And I like the idea back to the scripture while we're teaching them how to fish. And that way they'll have that tool in their toolbox because life happens in all different seasons. And they have to have that. Now, as we... Um, come to a close with our podcast, uh, Jobs Marsh. When I read your bio and I read all the activities that you're involved in and all that you're doing, you're doing. A, I'm sure you're doing a, an excellent job at everything you're doing because you're giving it your all. However, tell us how do you balance being a judge and you know active in ministry, very active in community, being a, married, having your children, and having your own personal endeavors as well how do you balance all of that out
1: it's um about prioritizing and it's also about um time management i keep a very strict calendar i have a calendar at work and i have a calendar for a home in, in terms of you know on my phone and things and I know that I can't remember everything, so I um, keep a to-do list or notes as to what I need to accomplish this day. And I do the best that I can to accomplish that, and what I can't do, it it gets put over for another day because I'm only one person. So it's about um, time management, calendaring, um, and prioritizing, and also uh, taking some time for for yourself, for oneself um Mm -hmm. self-care is very important as well so taking some time out to do things that i enjoy doing and that Mm -hmm. i want to do um i also have a very supportive wonderful husband Mm -hmm. my husband um has been there with me when i said i wanted to run for office he jumped on board and he did everything he possibly could to help me get elected. He's not the type of man that says, Oh, if you have this position, then that's gonna make me feel less of a man, or mm-hmm. that's going to, uh, I'm gonna be jealous, or, you know, none of that was ever an mm-hmm. issue. He was always extremely supportive of my endeavors. And so um, he's very, very hands on with every one of our children. Um, so I've been blessed to have uh, a very special husband as well.
0: Amen. Amen. That's that's beautiful. That's another way that God has his hands on your life. Mm-hmm. And when he said he would provide provision for the vision, sometimes we think that's monetary, all monetary, but he provides all the provision in Amen. the right husband makeup, right? He provides definitely the financial makeup, the children, the disposition. He gives them mm-hmm. the right disposition that we need for them to have when we're leading and we had to get out front and mom has to sacrifice so much of her time. He makes that baby be a baby. That's going to be so easy to raise and just, you know, you rock him and feed him and all he'll go to sleep. God knows how to make, put all those little pieces together when he has something in store for you to do, especially when you want you to get out front and lead, you know, that's why we have to trust him when we're walking through it. So thank God Thank God that all the pieces are coming, are together and will remain together in the puzzle of life. Thank God. Um, Is there anything that you have not shared or that we haven't talked about over this last hour that you might want to share with our uh, guests before we conclude the podcast this evening? If
1: there is one um, thing that I would say is Um, an overarching overarching theme over the course of my life and how God worked everything together for good. Um, It is that God is a promise-keeping God. Amen. God is a promise-keeping God. So I want to encourage somebody's heart today that God is a promise-keeping God. There may be the delay in time, but delay does not mean denial for you woman of God, for you, man of God. Delay does not mean denial. Um, Don't mortgage or forfeit the promise that God has given you in your life. Hold on to it and keep in mind that the promises don't come to pass on their own. Miracles don't just fall out of the sky and says, uh, I'm gonna do everything for you. You have a work to do in this process as well. If I if God said you're going to be a judge, but I was never willing to apply for appointment or run for office, how was I going to be a judge? We are co-laborers with him. That means we work with him. He sets out the plan, but we have a work to do in that plan and he helps us to accomplish that. Like We're the bridegroom, right? He's the groom. We're the bridegroom. We have to work together. We're a help meet, so we are laboring with God to bring the promises to back to pass. And so um, don't think that it just falls out of the sky mm-hmm. and that it just happens on its own. Oh, no, you got some things to do too. You've got some sacrifices to make. You've got some decisions to make. You've got mm-hmm. some things that you need to do to bring the promises of God to pass as well.
0: Amen, amen. Do you all hear that, our listening audience, hear that, write it down, go back, And listen to the wisdom from Judge Marsh. You may not be able to take it all in tonight or even when you listen later on. Sometimes you have to go back and listen two or three times to something before you can really hear what it is that God is keenly speaking to you. So take it slow. Listen to what Judge Marsh has shared tonight. And ask God specifically, what is it that you're saying to me through this woman of God? What are you sharing? And he will reveal it to you because there's a nugget in there just for you, our listening audience tonight. Judge Marsh, we truly appreciate you being our guest this evening. I was looking so forward to this discussion with with you and all and i'm so glad that when i reached out to you you said yes i would be more than happy to be a guest on the lotus flower podcast i am just just elated over here i'm smiling on the inside (laughs) i am i'm just really like a kid in a candy store i just can't wait for this episode to air. Not only is it live here on YouTube as we speak, but I can't wait for it to air on those audio platforms. So as people are driving back and forth to work or going to the grocery store or mom's in the kitchen doing her the dishes or whatnot, they'll be listening to your words of wisdom. And from here into eons until i take this down this podcast will be airing maybe even 20 years from now when your kids are your little one is grown he may be to pick up on this and listen to it himself Amen. so thank you so much thank you so much for imparting your wisdom into this listening audience this evening judge marsh we love thank you. you love you thank you, with you so much for having me. you are so welcome you're welcome, and you—you um, you, allow me to say this. You—you you have a glow about you. You—you you really do. You have this glow about you. Not—not not only before you even speak. You know, I can—I can really sense and see the, the Holy Spirit just glowing from you. Just so peaceable and and whatnot. Thank you so much for just really holding in there with the Lord and just being His. It, just letting Him use you and being pliable and staying humble and submitted to all that he is doing and has done you know people need that women need to see that men need to see that people of color and all people need to see that because we are god's witnesses here on this earth he's not going to come back down and walk the earth but he fulfills himself through us and and I thank God that you're allowing him to be exposed through you, even on the bench, even in the position that you have have now. Thank God. Thank God for that. And um, with that being said, I want to ask if you might close us out in prayer this evening and we will transition and we will stay in contact over the Facebook and social media, and maybe I'll show up at Embassy Covenant Church International one of these good days because, listen, that church and and Bishop Smith and all will always have a special place in my heart. Mm I tell you, it still lives in my heart. I just love it to pieces. I was (laughs) driving back when I moved to Kalamazoo for Battle Creek many years back. I drove at least four years back and forth to go to church until I found a place in Kalamazoo as a single mom driving kids up and down the highway. So it was just, I just loved it so. So thank you so much for holding in there with them as well. I can see the richness is all over you because of that relationship. Once again, I'll have you um, close us out in prayer. And again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being our special guest. Thank you
1: for having me, Dr. Pamela. Um, You're still family to me. (laughs) You know, you were integral, a part of the church family that I referenced earlier that helped me to uh, realize who I was and um, you, you who you are today, you have not changed one bit. This is not a new Pam. This is the same Pam, just with more degrees and more titles <laughs> and a new, a new husband and things, but you have always been so gracious and so um together. um And so, so astute. So thank you for being who you are as well. And thank you for having me and we'll go before the Lord in prayer. Uh, Father, we we are so grateful for this time together to fellowship, to uh, reflect on your goodness, to reflect on who you have been in our lives. God, we pray that in your own special way, you have allowed it to inspire the listening audience, God, that you have allowed it to cause a resurrection to come before uh in the lives of the people who are listening for them to go back and get those dreams go back and get those visions go back and and get the things that you have placed in their hearts to understand that all things work together for the good of them who are the called uh according to your purpose god so thank you for the people that are listening god i pray that you would hear the secret petitions Of the people who are listening that have desires, that have prayer requests on the altar, I declare in the name of Jesus a time of answered prayer. I declare in the name of Jesus a time where you have shown, where you are showing yourself as the promise keeping God, where you are showing yourself as being the orchestrator of all things, the good things and the bad things. God, you see it all and you find a way to work it together for our good. And I declare that. And the lives of the people who are listening today. You, that your Lord. word shall not return unto you, boy. That we're gonna do the work that we need to do yes, to harvest, to make sure that your dream, that your vision, that your will comes to pass over yes, our Lord. lives. I declare a season thanks. of fulfilled promises in the yes, mighty Lord. name of Jesus God I yes, pray Lord. for the lives of those that are listening that you thank would you show yourself God. strong show yourself yes, as God' as the strong yes, tower in the name of Jesus in the you of Jesus.
0: and we thank praise God. you
1: and we bless you thank for all God. things thank Jesus, God we pray in amen. Jesus name amen.
0: thank God amen 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 once again thank you judge Marsh God bless you may you have a prosperous rest of the year and continue to shine for Jesus. We love you with the love of the Lord. Amen, thank you. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Thank God, what a word from the Lord. We thank and praise God for Judge Tabitha Marsh and her beautiful testimony, her life story It's definitely a testament of God's grace and God's mercy and his ability to be able to take what man thought was not going to manifest into anything and have it bloom and blossom into something that's beyond our greatest imaginations, all because she stayed rooted and grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank God for Her life. Now, God is no respecter of persons. Just like He did it for Judge Marsh, He will do it for you. But most importantly, what you've got to do is you've got to remain in God's hand. You've got to remain obedient. You've got to be able to pray, fast, meditate, and seek the Lord day and night. You've got to make the Lord the Lord of your life. He has to sit on the throne of your heart 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in the good seasons, in the bad seasons, in the seasons that are indifferent, when you don't understand what's going on, when you can't figure out what's happening, you still have to trust God throughout the entire process. And he Will bring it to pass. Just like Judge Marsh said, there was a prophecy over her life about she was going to matriculate to the bench. And that prophecy took years to come to pass. But she never stopped believing. Even though she didn't understand how it was going to come to pass, she trusted the Lord. The Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not into our own understanding. But in all of our ways, we've got to acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. So we thank and praise God for Judge Marsh and the beautiful testimony that she shared tonight. Be sure to watch this episode in its entirety again and ask the Lord what it is that he's sharing with you specifically through what the woman of God has shared with us on this episode. I also would invite you to like, comment, and subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast. We have exceeded our goal of reaching a thousand subscribers on our audio platform by the end of June. We have reached 1,330. 37 subscribers on our audio platforms. We had a goal to reach 1,000 subscribers on the audio platform by the end of June, and we've reached that goal before June has even come in. Thank you so much, our listening audience, for subscribing to the Lotus Flower Podcast. Once again, I am Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson, along with my husband, Reverend Curtis L. Robinson Sr., and we are the host of the Lotus Flower podcast. Thank you for joining us. Be blessed.